Welcome back to Black Hills Influence. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, have a couple great stories and a nice article to read here. Something we want to talk about. Uh, Chris, go ahead. You know, Brian, we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of character development here and talk about ourselves today. I'm gonna tell you a little secret, everyone. I have a hard time saying no. Whether that's to people of authority, friends, a boss, parents, whatever, I I have a hard time saying no because you know you want to you want to be their go to guy. You want to excel in that and and you know make them have a better day, whatever that is. So I have a story about my father. My father currently lives in Arizona. Six months out of the year, he's a snowbird with my mom. And uh, we don't talk on the phone a whole lot. And when we do, it's usually, you know, after the normal work hours or maybe during lunch or something like that. So when I get a phone call around three o'clock in the afternoon, especially from my dad, I think something's up, right? So my mind is already going a million miles an hour going, what's going on? Are they sick? Did something happen, like an accident or whatever? Moving on is my dad. And he goes, Chris, I need you to do something for me. And I'm trying to go through the motions of what do you want me to do? All the scenarios in your head are like, what does he need done? And why is he calling why, me? Yeah. Why, why are you calling me at three o'clock in the afternoon? You know, I'm at work. Yeah. Like something is very important. So he's like, I need you to do something for me. I'm going to give you a phone number, a name, and an address, and I need you to go there and pick something up for me, or take a picture of something for me. And this low-key sounds like either a murder hit or a drug deal. Right. Terrible. Right? So he tells me, I need you to take a picture of this accordion and send it to me, because I might buy it. Immediately, everything has washed away of, okay, my dad's not in trouble. Nothing's, nothing bad is going on. There's not a car accident that right. happened. Everything's okay. But now I'm in the mode of, why are you calling me for an accordion? And he, he says, you know, you need to go to this place, talk to them, see what condition this is in, and, you know, and offer to buy it. And I'll, you know, I'll pay you back or whatever. So I, I, I'm still just, what in the world? Why am I, why am I going to, on an accordion hunt? Yeah. Needless to say. So I head over, I start to head over there. And before I do, I call Brian and I say, strange thing happened to me. My dad wants me to go look at an accordion to buy. And I say... Why does your dad want to buy an accordion, first of all? Right. And this whole thing sounds super sketchy. Absolutely. And so, 
and even funnier part of it. It's it's more funny to me because it happened to me, right? <laughs> Everything's funnier that way. But not to let him down, I call this number and say, "Hi, I'm interested in your accordion. Can I go? Can I come look at it at a scheduled time?" And they said, "Sure, no problem. Come whenever." So after I get off the phone with Brian, Brian tells me that he he picks it out. He's like, "You're probably going to a." fenced off yard you have to park somewhere and then call them when you're there to let be let in and then they'll have you play a little ditty before you leave this is what i said (laughs) i said this is how this is gonna go because you don't know anything about this accordion no they're gonna have you come in you're gonna send a picture to your dad because that's ultimately your goal here you're gonna have to make small talk with this complete stranger which is completely awkward if you're not that kind of person Keep in mind, this fella is probably 40 years older than Chris is. And I told him, I said, you're going to have to make small talk with this guy for two or three minutes because your dad isn't going to respond right away. And what are you going to talk about? Accordion and the history of the accordion and great artists in the past? That doesn't make any sense. So I told him, I told Chris, <laughs> I said, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go there. You're going to send a picture. You're going to wait a few minutes. You're going to have awkward small talk. And then your dad's either going to say, yay or nay. And you're going to have to buy this thing from who we now know as Ray. Ray. Ray's a good <clears throat> and man. And I told Chris to get him out of his shell a little bit. You buy this accordion. I want a picture of you holding this accordion up as a selfie with you and Ray. And I said, Ray is most likely going to be approximately 65 to 75 years old. You're going to be able to tell that he is a hippie child in his former life. And he's had a lot of good times in his day because who else owns an accordion? A guy that likes to have a good time. <laughs> or maybe previously did, right? So 25 minutes later, I get a selfie from Chris of him holding an accordion with the biggest smile potentially I've ever seen on his face in the last two years. That's not true. With Ray in the background, looking at Chris like, is this guy taking a picture of me and this accordion right now? He didn't even tell him. Ray doesn't doesn't know what technology is. He's surprised that I had a phone that could call and send pictures. Okay, <laughs> so let, let's an, get on. In an let's get on to that get level. Chris out of his shell. <laughs> I said I would give him fifty bucks if he took this picture, and I owe Chris fifty bucks because he half took this picture. You're damn right. You damn, right. damn right. So it was a fun experience. It was a weird experience, and I, you know, I even asked my dad the same question, Dad. Why an accordion right now? My dad plays kind of. Okay, he doesn't like air quotes. Kind of right. He doesn't go out there and books a show to play the accordion. He used to play. I'll give him that, but. Why are we in the like market? Like, as a hobby, though. Right. Why play. are we in the market for an accordion? Right now, in, in he, February of 2020. Right. It is 2021. It is literally zero degrees outside. You want me to go find an accordion <laughs> at this stranger's house? Yeah. Great idea. Um, and he responds this way. Well, I lost out on the last one, and I think this one's going to go pretty quick. Dad, in my mind, is there a market? Is there an underground market for accordions right now in South Dakota, of all places, in the winter? Because that's what he makes it sound like. It's going to well, go quick. 
leave the season out of it. How popular is the accordion are, itself? Is the accordion market right? You know, and maybe I don't know. You know what I'm saying? If you are an insider of the underground accordion market in please the Black reach Hills, out. please reach out because I have questions. We'll have you come on the podcast. We have so many questions. Like, are there underground gigs? Like, and I know things are weird with COVID, but is, is there a cult? Do you get like a like a drum circle? Is that a part of jazz music, the accordion, or is that a whole that's, league that's of a its whole, own? That's a like a like polka music, like German fest type stuff mm, with the banjo. N- Germans and banjos don't happen. They don't. No, just that's it. Okay, that's that's a whole different conversation. Let's focus on why you're Let's here. F- <laughs> Jeez. Chris has a problem of saying no. To people in authority. He already admitted that. Which yeah. led us into that story. Let's talk about it. So Chris found this great article from Fast Company, which is linked in the description of the episode. Seven ways to say no to your boss and keep your job. That is the important thing. You can't just say, no boss, screw you. I'm going home. You can, but you won't have a job. Right. You don't want to do that. Uh, we're not going to read this whole thing, but a couple of quick snippets of this and talk about it a little bit we'll start with this nobody wants to be a yes man or woman but that doesn't make it any easier to say no to your boss whether you're being asked to increase your workload take on a task that you believe is a bad idea or work the weekend how do you tactfully decline that request this goes on to say from a book that we've noticed that we have mentioned previously from crucial conversations people have a hard time saying no period. But when you introduce power, it gets exponentially worse. Ends the quote from Joseph Grenny. Yet, good bosses appreciate employees who have the confidence to say no, says workplace communications consultant Diane Amundsen. Most say they're willing to listen to sound reasoning to find a solution, she says. It's all about how you, fr- how you frame and phrase it. Instead of declining the request and walking away, They offer seven tips for delivering an effective non-polarizing, also known as a not-screw-you, right? no. And you do that by avoiding a power struggle. You begin by acknowledging that the decision is ultimately your boss's, but clarify that by saying, I have strong opinions on what is right, or what is the right answer, but I understand this is your call. Otherwise, the subject can become a power struggle. It's not about who is right. It's about what is right. And I underline that part. It's not who is right. It's what is right. And I think we've talked about this on previous podcasts about how important it is to not let your ego get too involved in decisions you're making like this. Because if you break that down a little bit, I mean, the first part, it's not who is right. That screams to me that you want to be right just because your ego says you have to be right. But instead, you need to think about as a leader, employee, boss, husband, wife, father, mother, whatever, you need to think about what is right, not necessarily who is right. Right, and you have to be tactful about whatever line that is there too because you may not be right and you can accept that and say, you know what, I know this is not in my job description but I also want to be a team player and help you out. Correct. So let's come up. And that's where the communication is so big Yeah. in in a driving workforce like this is that you have to communicate and you have to let people know what your boundaries are or what your expectations are. 
Because if you don't have that line, people are just going to keep walking over you as you're a, a doormat, essentially, all the time. Which we see in Constantly. every organization. Constantly. In every sales team. I mean, I've even seen it in my previous works of like waiters and waitresses that constantly get called in to work a night shift, a morning shift, whatever, because they know the boss knows that they're not going to say no, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe you're in a hard spot. Maybe you need the money, whatever, but there eventually has to come a point where you got to say no sometimes too. Absolutely. So number two, acknowledge that you ultimately have the same goals. Members of the military say to salute the flag before you disagree with a senior officer. The same is true in business. Keep in mind that your ultimate goal is the same to further the company. Your mutual higher purpose is to serve and your job is to accomplish goals. It's not who is right. It's what What is is right. right. And I, and it's, and it's so true when you, But that's only true if somebody's invested in the company, not necessarily on a monetary level. But if you have a great team that's built, purpose built for what you're trying to do, but is also all on the same page with what the goals are, and a disagreement happens, I think the whole team can come together on a common what is right versus who is right. Mm -hmm. And that's a good way to dissolve that situation too. It's like... This is where we are going. Correct. It's not about person A or person B, but this is what we need to get done. Yeah. Let's just get it done. Yeah. Because at the end of this week, whatever, right? It doesn't matter. Our goal is to be here. Right. It doesn't matter how this gets done or who is getting it done. Yeah. Just get it done. Just get it done. Number three, empathize. People are more open to having someone disagree with them if they feel deeply understood. Listen to your boss's arguments and concerns before voicing your own. She will feel much less defensive if she feels heard. If you aren't willing to change your opinion, don't expect your boss to change theirs. That's huge. Yeah, and I'll read it again because I put it in boxes here. If you aren't willing to change your opinion, don't expect your boss to change theirs. And If you aren't willing to change your opinion... Don't expect your boss to change theirs. And it's it's so interesting when you you hear it a couple times to where if you have, you know, two hard-headed people that are just button heads all the time, how do you expect any compromise and how do you expect any work to get done? You don't. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. And that's what a lot of this world i.e. the United States is in right now. No one can compromise on a common goal. We're going to be stuck in lawsuits. We're going to be stuck in court. We're going to be stuck yelling at each other our own opinions and beliefs until that person just says, okay, enough. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And that's how you win. That's not a good way to do anything. Yeah. And there's no satisfaction to that, in my opinion. It's not a win. Correct. It is the person just gave up. It's a forfeit because they're tired of doing it because you've expelled so much energy and time into something that it's not even worth it anymore to them. Yep. Number four, explain the consequences of the request. People often believe if their boss trusted them, they'd be willing to take a chance and follow their suggestion. But you shouldn't make a disagreement personal when it doesn't need to be 
Instead, draw power from the facts. After you've accomplished, excuse me, after you've acknowledged the importance of the request, share how the new task might impact other projects. For example, it might take away needed resources or burden your workload. Then ask for a solution. Is there something your boss could take off your plate to allow you time to take on this project? You know, go back to the example I had for waiters and waitresses. The guy or girl that never says no on the weekend, even though they might need to spend more time at home with the family or or they have another job or the case may be, maybe the better option is to sit down with them and have a conversation in regards to, I would love to have you here every Saturday night. Is it better for you if we actually cut your hours on Thursday so you can spend more time at home with your family so I can have you here on Saturday? Right. I would like to, yeah, I would like to make a concession on some other way. I want to make it right Yep. for your sacrifice that you're doing here. Yep. And again, it comes down to that conversation. If, if you don't have that, you're going to start creating that ill will towards the next person because, you know... Oh, he asked me every Saturday to do it, I guess. You know what I mean? Well, it affects the whole team, too. Everything. It affects everything outside. It's a butterfly effect. Yep. Share your facts. Too often, we get into a debate about conclusions. If you want to say no and your boss wants you to say yes, each of you has information that differs. Start by exposing where your facts are thin. Acknowledge what you know to be true and tell your boss how it caused your conclusion. Ask how your boss came to their conclusion, and if you're simply in a no-yes argument, you're arguing conclusions, not facts. It's pretty simple to me. You know what I mean? You don't want to argue. You can almost sub out conclusions with opinions. Mm-hmm. You know, If you're simply in a no-yes argument, you're arguing opinions, not facts. Right. Which, what good is that going to do? Well, in a business standpoint, you want the facts, not, well, how did that make you feel? And then it becomes personal. Yeah. Because if you make things personal in a business, you're you're going to steer people the wrong way. Well, it's it sets your business up on a shaky foundation, depending on what. It's almost like a fair weather business plan, and that's not a good plan. Yeah. That's not a healthy plan. Yeah, because if it's not... You know, if it's not rock solid to begin with, if you're if you're setting up that business on opinions, sometimes it's not going to work well. No. So number six, set boundaries from the start. This is important. When the requests are about your time, she says it's helpful to establish rules early on. If you don't want to be on call during weekends or holidays, make this clear in the beginning where there is more leeway and where it's very black and white, then saying no won't come as a surprise. Mm-hmm. You know, and we'll go down the same example I've been talking about. If you start a job with the expectation, with the upfront awareness of I can only work Monday this. through Friday, or whatever the case may be, right? I will say no if you call me on Saturday afternoon to come in Saturday night. Right. That way it's already prefaced. Correct. That, again, it doesn't come as a surprise when you go, remember we had this conversation when you first hired me. Yep. That I cannot do that. 
And I've, I mean, I've seen this problem come up in the retail world where you might start out Monday to Friday, you know, but if you weren't up front with what your schedule is as a person, as a family, as a whatever unit you want to talk about. And things can change. And all of a sudden you get scheduled for three weekends in a row and then you got to bring up that you can't work weekends. It's not a good look because you were not up front. To begin right. with. Well, and I think you have to do this too, is you have to be upfront. If you're not, if you're not doing those things and setting those boundaries right ahead, mm-hmm. like when you first get hired or when you hire somebody, then you still need to have that availability and flexibility to have that conversation at some point. Well, and as long as not just, least... I'm going to throw this at you. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. As long as that relationship is started with trust and built on trust, I think you can have that conversation. Right, because it's almost a gamble if you just, I'm going to throw this person in on the weekends when they normally do Monday through Friday. See what happens. If they don't squawk at me, then we'll just keep it that way. But if they do, then we'll go back to what we were normally doing. That is a terrible business practice, and it is beyond me for that. I cannot believe that some people just do that. Happens every single day. All the time. Yep. It goes back to toxic work environments right. like we've talked about. And then it comes to, you know, on the employee side of it, you want to be the helpful person. You want to be the team player because you think sometime in the future, your boss or your employer is going to look back at that and go, oh yeah, remember when we had to switch the schedule and we put Jimmy on that? That was such a great thing for him to do. And then when... The time comes for the raise. Yeah. You think Jimmy's going to get that raise because he sacrificed his time but didn't say anything about it? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. You're you're gambling on your own worth right Literally. there. So people, let me tell you, if you do not set these boundaries right away or even have the conversation with who's ever in charge of you or if you, on the employer end, if you're in charge of someone and you're changing things up, if you don't have that conversation and set those boundaries, you are set to fail. Clearly. Not only with your job, but everything in your life. Because you have to set those boundaries. It's so important. Yeah. I mean, just yesterday, uh, this week, signed up a new client for my business. It's going to entail, though, two or three trips uh, to Iowa every year to work on some content things. And I... Right when I knew about it, last night I got home, had a conversation with the wife, and I said, hey, listen, just signed up this new business, but it's going to involve one, two, three trips a year that's going to be two or three, four days at a time mm-hmm. in Iowa, and I'm going to be gone. Is that okay? You know, so I knew it right away. I brought up the conversation right away, and this is a perfect example of why the communication needs to be clear, whether it's in the form of a business, of a family, of whatever relationship status you want to talk about. Being upfront and setting those boundaries is important. Right. So, last one here. Think through the timing. What has happened in your office right before this request? Munson said it might impact your ability to say no. So, read the room. If you have just received a poor work evaluation or have said no recently to your boss, perhaps it's not the best time to buck the system again. If your last 
excuse me, if your past performance has been praised in value, you have more leeway. Sure. Which, and it's a simple fact of life, right? Life isn't fair. I think we all know that, and that's been pretty well established, both you listening to this podcast, but also you live in your normal life. Life isn't fair. And sometimes the more successful people in your company get more leeway with certain things. They might be able to leave a little bit earlier during the day. They might get a few extra here and there vacation times during the year. Whatever the case may be, this is a prime example of if you're continually going above and beyond, let's say, in a sales team, you're continuously hitting your goals, you're knocking it out of the park on a customer service status basis, you're getting great reviews, whatever the case may be, I think if you go to your boss and say no about something more or more frequently than the next person who might not be doing as well as you, I think you get more leeway than somebody in the bottom third. Correct. And it, and I'm not saying that's good or bad. It just is what it is. Right. And accept that. That's what I'm saying. Life isn't fair. Right. You know, and I read, I can't remember where I had it, but it was showing a study of employees that are able to say no when it comes down to um, their review, their evaluation, raises, they perform better and they get the higher raises and get the more accolades and all those things more than the people that always say yes all the time. And, and to me, it's almost like a respect thing. Like, look, I can only work Monday through Friday, nine to five, you know, and set that boundary of I'm not going to work on the weekends. I'm not going to do these things. If you're tactful about it and you want to help people out, sure. Yeah. But if you set those boundaries ahead of time, you have a little less work to do when it comes to the time where you need something. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a pretty simple thing. I mean, at the end of the day, as long as you are upfront and honest with what your expectations are, both of the job, when you can be there, et cetera, et cetera, and your boss, your spouse, your leader, whatever, is respectful enough to try and accord to that as much as they can. And as long as you keep the team's goals, the company's goals in mind with whatever you're doing, and you can be on the same page that everybody can, even though there might be disagreements along the way, right? I think you're on the right track. And that's where we want to leave you. Again, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We have been really enjoying doing these last few episodes um, over the last couple of weeks. We love engaging you on our social media with our Facebook account. If you have any questions or want to interact with us, please do so through that. And we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.